0: The following show will contain spoilers, but trust us, you'll want to hear about it anyway.
1: What is this? Pray, move these people back. Welcome
0: to Subversive City. Welcome back, everyone. It's your host, Art Hall, here to be your wrangler of the weird, purveyor of the peculiar, diplomat of the disturbing. As we here at Subversive Cinema look at the weird, wacky, and downright wrong entries in cinematic history, we always look to see what makes up that oh so delectable subversive sauce, that thing that just makes these movies special. So, today's film to round out season one is one that certainly has no shortage of coverage, so why not do it here too? It is 1990s magnum opus, Troll 2, directed by, well, I'm just gonna say his real name, Claudio Fragrasso. It's a story about various green goos, stage play makeup on full display on camera, and pissing on hospitality. It is a treasured, bad piece of cinema, and to talk about it and bookending a season is Dan Moore back again in the seat to say
1: hello to this movie and farewell to season one. So, Dan, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing so good, Art. Thank you so much for having me on again. And when you first asked me to watch this movie, I thought we were going to be watching some happy DreamWorks animated motion picture about trolls who want to be rock stars or something. But Very I... close. <laughs> so now you have not seen this movie before right i have not seen it but
0: i will say i have heard of it yes at this point this is one of those where it is a movie that if i were to or you go to ask the general public i I don't know about the younger generations at this point but if you ask the general public of our vintage or a little older maybe even a few years younger say what are some bad movies that are famously bad and they would say troll Two, the room and if we went a little bit older in time, perhaps they would say Plan 9 from Outer Space. Uh, and there's a couple others. But Troll 2 is right up there with The Room. And yeah, so it's it's definitely
1: famous. It's been heard of. Now, are you glad I made you watch it? Absolutely. I was, when you first suggested it as one of the movies you were going to cover this season, I was like, please, I want to watch that one. That's what I want. I want to watch. Do you find this to be the palate cleanser from some of the other films that you've seen? Yes, absolutely. This was actually, to me, this was actually, like, entertaining. It was, it was fun to watch. Well,
0: there is certainly a lot to mine when it comes to that. So here's the deal
1: with Troll 2. Uh, can I ask you something real yes. quick? Mm-hmm. This is Troll 2. Where's Troll 1? has nothing to do
0: with Troll 1. There was a movie, Troll 1, from, I think, 1986, absolutely jack shit to do with it. And they okay. called it Troll 2 to capitalize on the quote-unquote fame of the first one. Okay. And I'll get into this later, but you know what bothers me about this movie? Is nary a troll to be seen. These are all goblins. They're all goblins. (laughs) call it Troll 2. It's about a bunch of fucking goblins, and it's not even connected to another story. So eh, that's right off the bat. Like, when you're just looking at the cover art, you're like, okay, this is going to be a ride. So Troll 2 starts with, you know, it tells the story of the Waits family,
1: and it starts with... How did you even remember their name? (laughs) Well, you don't pay attention, sir. You're right. I'm so sorry. Did not pay attention. We start with Grandpa
0: Seth. He's telling young Joshua a a terrifying bedtime story about goblins that turn people into chlorophyll and other plant-related food.
1: He sounds like a Burl Ives alternate.
0: He does, doesn't he? (laughs) And that was, this is, by the way, that was his only credit ever.
1: Oh, this was his (laughs)
0: only film, Robert ormsby's uh, only credit so grandpa's telling him a story about this shit but then we find out grandpa's a a ghost he's dead and then we find out the family's going to go on quite possibly what sounds like the most miserable vacation on the planet a month to a small ass town where they get to live like farmers from a hundred years ago well i tell you what when you have a teenage daughter who is just bursting with hormones get to that Mm -hmm. in a second and (laughs) this little kid who's like see the sixth sense seeing yes. dead people all the time These dead people and then you got the wife who is surprise eyes at every fucking turn
1: yes it's just like <laughs> this is who
0: are these people and where are they going so they go to this town Milbog, which has i think 26 people is what they said they get there grandpa tells the kid don't let them eat the food they've laid out for you and so he pees on the table shown off camera and there he that's and so two of the most famous lines Quote it from bad movies are from this movie and it is the screaming no as you hear in the theme song for this season and george hardy's michael waits talking about pissing on hospitality yep which i will play (laughs) after i get through this so they do that next thing you know the boys like the uh, the connie young who plays holly her boyfriend who's this douchebag elliot he shows up with his gagalo guy friends They're there. Arnold, the coolest nerd you've ever met, goes into the woods to smoke a cigarette, cool his heels, sees a blonde running from these creatures, joins her, gets caught. He gets turned into a plant. And all this insanity begins and just goes and goes and goes where the town is full of goblins and they're trying to eat these people through the most passive-aggressive ways ever. They have firearms. They have methodologies to hurt people. They have spears. They only use it once, maybe twice. It makes no sense. Then we'll get to what happens later on. So now that I've already called out that famous line, I think we just need to hear a little bit about uh, perhaps pissing on hospitality from none other than George Hardy. He wrote this line far, far into the future. And we'll also talk about the documentary made about this movie too, Dan. So uh,
1: here we go. Joshua is not a little shit. He's just very sensitive. (sighs) The smells. Do you see this writing? Do you know what it means?
0: Hospitality.
1: And you can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. What are you going to do to me, Daddy? Tighten my belt by one loop so I don't feel hunger pains. And your sister and mother will have to do likewise. Okay, Joshua, you want to get rough with me. You want to show me that you don't like the choice of this house for our vacation by going on a hunger strike. Well, I'll accept the challenge, but just remember when I was your age, I really did suffer from hunger. We'll see who gets through this, but just remember, I've got more practice than you. I'll see you tomorrow. Acting! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. There is so much happening in that short clip that you played. <laughs> like I could comment on and some of it I shouldn't comment on, but it's, uh, it's- <laughs> Oh, hilarious we're gonna to have to comment
0: on everything so let's let's get into this let's start talking about characters so who which character or
1: characters stood out to you and why um okay that's a great question i was i was wondering this the entire time i was watching it uh there was, there were three characters that stood out to me the first one the dad yeah can't there's just something about him he, he reminded me of like all of my uncles rolled up into one one guy Yes. But yeah, Um, the second one was um Arnold. Yes. The, the kid. I, I don't know what it is about him. And it's not even about the fact that his line is probably the most famous line from this, this movie. There was just something about this really awkward, geeky guy. Like, I don't know. Uh, And his whatever happens to him. And then the I, third the jump. I have to jump in on Arnold was
0: one of the more memorable things, how he finds a girl in the woods and he's going to come to her defense <laughs> and he walks among yes. the goblins and he's like hey you dwarves and I'm like dude you're the same height as all the people in these costumes
1: <laughs> I was I actually made a note about that same thing he's like so bold he doesn't even know what these things are and he just walks among them starts chatting at them and it's like um, yeah <laughs> that, that guy um, the third did one you, did you mean this line they're eating her and then they're going to eat me. Oh, my
0: God. I'm yes. sorry. I I, I got to play the two most popular things in the beginning just you, you, to get them out of the way.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Get it. Get it out there because uh, it. I mean, it's a classic for a reason. It, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the other thing is the, the third character. Is yes. the witch? Ah, yes, the witch. <laughs> the witch who is like the community theater star on fucking yes! display. Oh my goodness! Okay, that was the first thing I wrote about this within the first few scenes when you see the the. It's actually before they even leave on their vacation. The daughter is in her bedroom and it does that montage of her like working out in a room with like all these like you know snapshots of things in her bedroom and stuff. And then, and then she starts talking to her boyfriend or. Bo or whoever like tumbles into her oh, no. room uh, uh, her father says you're beau
0: and she's like he's not my Bo. he's my boyfriend exactly
1: <laughs> all right
0: <laughs> i want to i want to talk okay. about how confusing that sequence was by the way because here we have this this daughter who's working out in of very '80s wear. Oh, and yes. that montage, that intro montage, is so strange because in one angle you'll have some very sexualized, sweaty flesh, yep. and then all of a sudden you will have something very childish, and yes. then sexualized, <laughs> then childish, then sexualized, then childish. It was—it's very,
1: very off-putting. Yes, <laughs> it's like that. I like Mickey Mouse on the back of her door or something like that. I don't remember. There was like. You're right. There, there's like this very weird dichotomy, whether it's intentional and artistic, you know, or commentary on the American teen <laughs> in the That's 80s, good. or I don't know. Um, but whatever it was, their performances were so stilted. It literally was like the epitome of high school drama performances. They were very sincere. Their delivery is very sincere. But there's just something wrong about it. It's it's so it is like you put it stage makeup, it's all stage. This thing is like a stage play.
0: Yeah, it it's honestly like they said, Hey, let's, you know, we we've rehearsed this just like a stage play, but let's just put a, a film camera right there in front of you. I mean, from the very beginning, when you're hearing the story from Grandpa Seth, and then you see the young maiden in the woods who's who's the trickster. Uh, you see those with the freckles. freckles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's it's essentially eye- eyeliner pencil that they just stippled on her face. And then God knows all the makeup that I have to say her entire name Credence Leonor Gilgud uh, wears, which is the crazy witch, is out of this world. The only time she looks normal is when she gets into her corn seduction phase, which we'll get into that because Okay, wait.
1: Was that the same girl at the very beginning with the blonde hair? No, 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 different one, different one. Okay, okay.
0: (laughs) Um, I just want to hear a sample of uh, some of um, Credence's uh, acting here.
1: Good morning. I am your neighbor. I am Credence Leonor Gilgul. Good morning. Mom, I'm going for a walk. Hello, beautiful. Hi. She is very appetizing. Appetizing? Provocative.
0: The one thing that you are missing when you see this, or when you, when you hear it by not seeing it, yep, is how much she moves her head, rolls her eyes. It, she is straight up like she was the community. She had to have been the community theater princess because yes. every motion and gesture is meant for the back row. And if you read her IMDB, it sounds like there was a like a little bit of an after the fact trying to justify the behavior by saying how she liked to lean into the camp. So she went with it in in full tilt.
1: When in reality, I'm like, I don't know about that. (laughs) She was like when you go to the Disney theme park and meet like the a character dressed up like one of those Disney princesses or like one of those. um, I don't know. I was, I was imagining like Snow White, the evil queen or something. The entire time she was on screen. It was, it was ridiculous. What you're also not, not seeing by hearing that clip was that, do you have a normal like average american 90s early 90s housewife and daughter in the scene and then there's like this lady who's decked out in this bizarro makeup and outfit and no one bats an eye she's in the kitchen with her oh yeah she just walks right
0: into the house <laughs> and touches the mom on the shoulder which is that startle you heard in the beginning but no it's, it's okay you yeah. know like it we're in this we're in nilbog why not it's <laughs> And also her first introduction, she talks about how she her she's her ancestral home or whatever is Stonehenge. Yes. To which I'm like, that's a terrible place to live. It's literally just a a, a shrine or a timepiece or something. It's not
1: where you live, it's just kind of where you go. He's like from a, a a line of what did she say, druids or druids? something? Druids. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> of course and now she lives where where is this like middle california somewhere (laughs) you know
0: they don't really say there's a lot of chicago stuff in the kids room and there is some sort of detroit team i saw the word detroit i don't remember the lions or something else but there was some so i don't know it's middle america somewhere even though it looks very much like it was filmed here but i actually think that it was filmed somewhere in the central us okay it was utah is where they filmed it essentially in utah. all
1: right i can see that all those hills like kind of arid climate like um it was and all the people that they had you know all 18 of the extras they were in the background oh, yes <laughs> yes the entire town the entire town <laughs> they looked like real people they probably went to it. The impression I got was that they went to some real, very tiny town and just got everyone in that town and just was in it. It looked like the people you see at your family reunion that you have no idea who they are. But <laughs> yeah, it was. That's, that's
0: how it feels. I mean, from the crazy drugstore owner, which I shouldn't say crazy because actually ended up coming out during the documentary, uh, which I mentioned earlier, called Best Worst Movie, which was directed by the guy who played the kid Joshua, Michael Paul Stevenson. He interviewed that actor Don Packard, and Don Packard was apparently having some severe mental issues, and he was in and out of treatment during that time, so <laughs> he doesn't really remember the movie very much. That so he was legitimately off off his uh, off his station. Oh there. no! So for me, a couple characters I'll be a little different though, because you, you nailed a couple of mine, but I'll say the mom because again, surprise eyes all the time, yes, and, and such such gem delivery like this. You were at the funeral, and I know it was very difficult for you. It was also very difficult for your father, and for Holly, and for me, his daughter.
1: He was an amazing man. Grandpa Seth has remained in all our hearts, but you must banish him from your mind.
0: But Okay, for me, his daughter, because you clearly, exposition, shoehorn. Yes. And you must banish him from your mind? Okay, whatever. Uh, So... That's 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 fun. Also, Holly, the daughter, she I, I feel I'm concerned for Elliot's safety because she is so fucking abusive. She to is him. way abusive. I mean, when she <laughs> comes to, to, to confront him at the RV saying, you know what, Tomorrow before she's like, tomorrow morning, it's going to be his friends or me. And then she shows up at the RV and then gives him the ultimatum and then slaps him in the face.
1: I mean, yeah, no at the very beginning when he when he's like in her room and she like kicks him in the in the balls And she's like "You trying to make turn me into a homo or something like oh, that god that entire <laughs>
0: sequence Oh, you oh, you know what I, just because she does that's another famous line in this <laughs> it's it's comes right after that Hold on a second. I gotta hear this little bit here.
1: Oh Release your Instincts in the back. Are you nuts? He trying to turn me into a homo Wouldn't it be too hard? If my father discovers you here, he'd cut off your little nuts and eat them. He can't stand you.
0: Wait, so if her (laughs) father were there, which he is downstairs, um, he would cut off your nuts and then eat eat them? them. (laughs) Because he's a fucking cannibal. Because that's apparently what fathers do. I tell you what, if I have a daughter someday, the first thing I'm going to tell a a young suitor is, hey, kid, you fuck around with my daughter. I'm going to cut off your nuts and I'm going to eat them. Right in front of you. Come
1: on. maybe your daughter will tell him that
0: or maybe that you know what I'll, I'll train her on this on this film and my my last character i just have to circle back is arnold again because of that iconic line and he is like the horniest little dude he's just like you know where are all the chicks at and he's like he's like he's everything that his physical look isn't he comes out to smoke a cigarette he's like you know trying to be a tough guy he's sitting there trying to be a hornball and he looks like some dude out of central casting for revenge of the nerds it's just wonderful (laughs) and then when he gets turned into a plant he's just so unappreciative he's just like pull the goddamn pot just pull the pot hurry up it's like dude your friend is sick okay he can barely pick up anything <laughs> yes. and he wants you want him to pick you up by
1: the fucking pot i mark that as one of my favorite scenes this like later in the movie like in the last half his other friend stumbles into that church house whatever it is and he's like pull me out of here pull me by the pot and pull me out of here now imagine a kid who's like turned into half a plant and he's in your, he's in a pot like a terracotta plot pot or whatever and your friend's like pulling him out and this is like the image they have they play this image of of this one kid pulling another kid who's in a pot like a plant pulling him out it was the funniest scene i saw it's, in the movie it's amazing and it ends for not
0: because then
1: oh the, yeah you know
0: the witch comes in oh, and yeah. uses a chainsaw to saw down well, the we tree don't know off camera it,
1: off camera i, I mean <laughs>
0: He looks like he's having. He looks like he's enjoying it, though. Oh, he and is it sounds laughing. like a, It sounds like a jackhammer, too. By the way, let's see this sequence right here.
1: What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do to me with that? I'm gonna make a nice milkshake for your friend. but this won't hurt you. You'll just feel a little a little, little flower. <laughs> and then like it cuts or something like that like one of the next scenes is like his friend his other friend who was trying to pull him out of there wakes up on the bed and looks at like like, like a, a Sears and Roebuck like blender or something with it, like oh, the yeah. green goo like inside like a black and decker blender or something I don't yeah. know and you, there's no explanation for why you're just like I guess left to assume that that's his that's Arnold inside the blender or something? I don't know. Yeah, you know that. That makes sense.
0: But then you know what I realized? What? I don't think you see that friend again. You
1: you don't. You don't even know what happens to him. You don't know what happened to the guy. He just disappeared. Well, it's the same with the other guy that was in the trailer. He's covered him. In- oh, that's right. The corn sex guy, yeah. which we'll
0: get to shortly. <laughs> oh, my
1: gosh. Um, okay, well, You're right. Well, there's one thing I want to say about Elliot and some of his pals. I, I really think that they're just all like, uh, closeted homosexuals that just don't know it yet ah uh, okay
0: so they're, they're just like this is like their way of just sort of working through it that's yeah. like yeah yeah you know we're the we're the four best friends that we've ever had <laughs> and
1: we're gonna hang out all the time yeah and they don't maybe they don't know it maybe not all of them but at least some of them
0: but i guess i guess would that mean like the corn is a phallic symbol we could really i mean
1: hey really drill that this. is a I never even thought about that when I was watching it.
0: Yeah. I mean, here she comes out like a low rent vampira
1: or oh, is it vampira? Whatever. No, <laughs> whatever. Have, vampira. Vampira sounds, um, uh, you know, just vampira. more highbrow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Let's, let's, yeah,
0: let's sorry. move on to our next, our next section here. The story. Um, okay. So I ran through the story in the beginning. You watched it. I watched it. Did the story make sense?
1: Uh, Okay, I, I, it was nearing the end of the movie and I was like, I think I know what's happening, but I feel like I wanna see t- the real Trolls 1. Like, <laughs> I, I, I wanna know what's happening before this. And I know this is quote unquote Trolls 2, and I, but I also know that this is no relation to Trolls 1. I just wanna know, what why? how does the grandpa know all this? Where's, the, where's all this information coming from? Why does the kids see the dead grandpa? There were so many things that are. I want to see the IDW comic prequel to this or something. <laughs>
0: I I will say story wise, my biggest issue with the story is Grandpa because here you have this seemingly celestial being, this yep. this ghost on Earth, who has the ability to to manifest physically where he could come in with an axe, chop off a thing's hand, f- divine a fucking Molotov cocktail. Yes, I love that part, by the and way. And he can fire lightning bolts and shit. So I'm like, dude, you're powerful as shit. And you mean to tell me you went into the wrong bedroom? Y- yes. <laughs> like, you're going to show up and be like, oh, oops, I need to learn the layout of this house. It's like, fuck off, man. <laughs> you're you're an omniscient ghost. You know, <laughs> you know where everything is. It's like this... It's like they almost, they gave them enough power whenever it was needed. And then they would suddenly be like, but we don't know
1: where that power went when it was not serving the story. Okay. Can I say something about this? Okay. There's like so many things. There was a moment in this movie where it felt like like I was watching like a a knockoff uh, invasion of the body snatchers where they're like (laughs) in like the kid tumbles into like this, like, uh, this like revival thing that's happening like this old timey revival thing that's happening with a man in the suit who who i didn't know what his role was he was like lead goblin i guess and he was like preaching I'm like to the all preacher the other, guy the preacher yeah, goblin the thing. preacher goblin and and everyone is like they all are in their human forms but they're supposed to be goblins right yeah they apparently go into human form by day
0: or i mean or when other people are around because their logic is they want to trick people into eating their special food so that they can metamorphosize into chlorophyll or whatever the shit the green stuff is they eat because if they don't and they have to kill you the old-fashioned way the blood and the meat mix because remember they're vegetarian that's right so their trick turns you into a giant pile of vegetable goo but if they don't do it that way then it gets messy then they apparently have to soak the meat Overnight in vinegar and or vinegar, or whatever it was.
1: So, and it's such a hassle. It's such a hassle. Yeah, you it, it is.
0: And I'm guessing that's why they choose to take human form is just to try to earn trust. But apparently, when you're in human form, you also have a a, a poorly designed mole that looks like a four leaf clover. Yeah. For some
1: reason, because fuck it, leprechauns. Yep. I so. I that was the one thing. This whole movie felt like as I was watching it, it kept bringing me flashbacks. We're legit. Felt like I was watching a an extended episode of that late '90s Goosebumps TV series. Oh yes, <laughs> I was like, this is a Goosebumps episode, just like longer, like turning into goo. And I, I feel like this is
0: the same sort of thing that happened with All American Murder a while back. <laughs> it's like, wait, what am I watching? This feels like a TV show, yes. but just longer. Yes. I, I, since we talked about people just appearing, disappearing, I, I do want to talk about the the. Um, popcorn sex scene okay. which is not really much of a sex scene it's just more of a our witch who is now done up to the nines to look like a reasonable human being instead of with her sunken eyes and weird herpy lips and stuff and she brings a you know an ear of corn pre-shucked as a tool i guess i
1: i okay This said the scene the the boyfriend and his friends came down with an rv to tag along with the family all the other friends have left the RV and they're left with one guy, tall guy. I don't know what his name was. And he's the, the tall guy's good for me. Yeah. Tall guy is the only one left of the RV. So he's hanging out in the, in the RV on his own watching television. And all of a sudden on the TV screen, he sees it's nighttime, by the way, he sees this like, you know, attractive woman show up on the TV screen, walking around outside. And then he, she starts talking to him through the TV. And then he's like, what? And she's like, I'm outside or I'm not, on the TV or whatever. She, she says something yeah. weird. It's like, I'm not a program or something. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a program. And so he walks outside and sees her. She's right there and then takes her back into the RV. And uh, then she pulls out the ear of corn. And it's it's a very weird setup for the most bizarre monster popcorn sex scene I've ever <laughs> seen. Um, let's uh, Let's hear a little bit of it. What's the matter? Aren't you hungry? <laughs>
0: uh, actually, I like popcorn. Oh,
1: well, no problem. All we have to do is heat it up. <laughs>
0: the music is what makes it. And and, well, okay. Oh my god, I just realized how much like a porn this section is. She's queuing on half the uh, the cops, she's queuing on the other. So it looks like one of those videos where there's a dude with two people. (laughs) on either side <laughs> of his wang okay so this was more of a, i didn't I, I didn't even realize how filthy that angle was this
1: was more of a porno scene i thought than when we watched final flesh which was made by actual porno, which was by actual porno people.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh yes so i think another reason i'm just looking at this fact here apparently Uh, One of the reasons why this story might not make any sense other than the fact that it was written by the director and his wife, both of whom did not speak very much English. And they insisted that the script be read or performed as written, not ad-libbed. So that's why there's some weird word usage and placement sometimes. But also, I think as far as the performances go, I'm reading here that the actors were given the parts of their script on a scene-by-scene basis. So, they rarely ever had any context as to what was happening at what point in the movie.
1: That actually makes so much sense. So, yep. that's how they, they, they performed like that. It's, uh, you know, it's,
0: I guess you just show up and you're like, I'm going to do what I can. <laughs> I'm just going to try. I was like, I don't know. What could you do? I don't know if this is legitimate, but this is pretty funny.
1: Apparently, the director intended for a sequel to be made called Troll 2 Part 2. Oh my gosh. Wait, so did they go into this knowing it was going to be called Trolls 2? Yeah. Yeah, it was entirely done because they wanted to capitalize on the minor
0: success of Troll from
1: 1986. No way. I thought this was one of those yeah. things where they made. No, it- I
0: wasn't fucking around with you. I was telling you the truth. They said, it's like, there's another movie called Troll, and you know what? There's it had a creature kind of like ours, but we're going to change
1: ours a bit and we're going to make a lot more of them, and we're going to call it Troll 2 because. Why not? I thought it was one of those things where they made a movie. The studio was like, what the hell do we do with this? And so they like, uh eh, make it Trolls 2. And then they put it on, <laughs> you know, like slapped that on there and released it. But I, I I am actually really surprised. That, that actually... Um, so wait a minute. Isn't there a to- Trolls 3 or... Not that I'm aware of, but... Um, so this killed the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> the
0: non-existent franchise. But actually, that, that's not entirely true. I, While well, I was looking it up, George Hardy, the guy who plays the father. Now, look, if you watch... Uh, I'll call it out again, and I'm going to keep calling it out, the documentary Best Worst Movie. It's one of the finest documentaries about movies you'll see because it it's just equal parts, hilarious, touching, and heartbreaking at points. But... George who i think is like a dentist in like Alabama like this was his life this was his jam and apparently in 2020 they made a movie called Under Control and he reprises the character of Michael Waits no way so that the very dad, well could the dad by be the way he <laughs> considered a sequel that is interesting yeah and it's directed by somebody totally different so maybe that's one we'll have to have and we'll have to watch and see how that plays out. So, yeah, I think that, yes, it, it killed the franchise is what we're saying. <laughs> but, you know, what's was funny. I, I forgot that this was because um, in the very beginning of the version we have, it opens with the MGM logo. Yes! Which immediately I wrote down as a what the fuck is this doing here?
1: I saw that and I was like, wait, did this actually get a theatrical?
0: no it didn't it was it it got columbia tristar did the home video release in 92 okay so and then uh you know later on that switched over to i think epic productions and polygram video and eventually mgm got it for the dvd release in 2003 and it just sort of went from there and what we watched was the uh 20th anniversary version so yeah, that's um that's the 20th anniversary nilbug edition from again MGM. Nilbog. Oh my gosh. Nilbog. I love that little hey, you know what? I'm gonna I love how the kid talks to every mirror because grandpa's probably hiding in it. Yes, and then that's when he has his red rum moment.
1: I <laughs> like, like, like when the goblin bursts through the mirror. <laughs> oh see. yes. <laughs> and then the goblin sucks back through yes. the mirror <laughs> with its arm chopped off, and it ends up being the witch
0: it does it does okay you know what let's uh we're we're, we're, okay story Story. it it sort of made sense kind of made sense but it didn't like there's so much about it like the narrative it moves in the sense that introduce the family family gets into a situation there's trials and tribulations they find kind of find a solution out of it i don't know but it does end on a pretty nihilistic note where you know dad runs off this is why dad could reprise his role dad runs off to the office for for whatever reason oh my they're supposed to be gone for a month but they come back after a couple days yep.
1: office shouldn't care yeah oh and the, and the mom just like yeah the sister goes off with the boyfriend the mom i this bothered me art <laughs> the way they they came back home and the mom's like i'm gonna take a shower relax i'm like are you kidding me go to therapy go to, <laughs> go to a psychiatrist." <laughs> you've just experienced something that's traumatic and horrible and you need someone to help explain what happened
0: yeah you need to step through this in in some process but instead she's going to go down and eat this this bowl of apples <laughs> that were in her fridge uh which by the way i just want to call this out that at first i thought wow they had a bowl of fruit in the fridge and she's like oh the fruit's still good it's like wait so you left that there intending it for to be there for a month then i realized no the presence family was supposed to take their place, but here they were giving shit to the presence family's house. When they're like, there's nothing in the fridge except milk. Well, guess what assholes? All
1: you left (laughs) them was a bowl of fucking apples. So who is calling (laughs) the pot? What? So that is a very good point. There was supposed to be things. They don't think there was supposed to be a family exchange. So this family was going out to the country to exchange with a country family for their city home. a month so that's what we're talking about
0: that's right it was essentially the 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 stunt double version of their family it was like counterparts that kind of (laughs) look like but not really and uh, it was literally a little a little boy the same height a teenage girl the same height mother and father it was just weird anyway it, it ends with mom getting eaten on the table uh as this like, like, a, half... like a
1: like a, a goosebumps
0: episode, you know. How goosebumps it did, <laughs> it did, <laughs> but <laughs> there was a little bit of uh I feel I, I saw a little bit of nipple on that. So there, you know, what? goosebumps you with nipples out there, there's some nipple here. <laughs> uh Dan, I just want to mention, you know, this movie was PG 13, and I think it was purely because they decided to use green. Yeah, can you
1: imagine how gnarly this movie would have been if everything was just in red? Oh, gross, yeah, no. I I can't I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have
0: that would have been tough like just melting in the puddles of red goo Ugh, yeah yeah that's delightful okay so we've already covered some WTF moments as we move into the final section here but um what what do you think we did not cover that would be noteworthy under the what the fuck section
1: the one scene I- go ahead no, I was just going know, to, I know it's kind of hard because we've we've sort of touched on so many, so. <laughs> I had decided that when I was watching this, what my favorite uh, WTF scene would be. And it was the scene where Grandpa produces a Molotov cocktail out of thin air and hands it to the kid and expects the kid to throw it through the window, I guess, in the living room where all the, <laughs> all the goblins are and his family is. And he's like, yes. let's see if we can light this party up or something. <laughs> yeah he's like sitting there coming out like john McClane. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i love that scene so much and i was so let down and disappointed that's like the the checkoff gun thing you know they they introduced- oh
0: yeah show the gun in act
1: one you better use it in Act three yeah, yeah they showed him all the tough cocktail they did not they used it but they did not use it the way i wanted it to be used oh no no instead like the jackass gets it and then he gets lit on
0: fire yeah, yeah it's uh and also uh, okay so <laughs> The first W... Well, not the first. One WTF moment I'll bring out, and it's only because I really want to play it so I can hear it again, is the introduction of said crazy witch lady. I'll just let it speak for itself.
1: Allow me to introduce myself. I am Credence Leonor Gilgold, of ancient druid origins. My ancestors... I am from Stonehenge. Am I mistaken, or is there something wrong with the two of you?
0: I don't think there's anything wrong with them that's worse than wrong with you. My God, does she...
1: <laughs> she looks like she's partly on Quaaludes during that sequence, yep. too. And it was so weird how the kids in the scene are just like, okay... You know, like they went along sure. with it. <laughs> I'll buy that for a dollar. Weird. Yes, yes. But that's where that's where this movie kept feeling like a stage play. I know it's cliche <laughs> that in, in horror films, the characters behave in ways that just don't seem natural. But in this movie, yeah. it was like they're just they're just, you know, following their blocking and doing exactly what they're being told on the script or whatever. I don't know. It's something it felt like a stage play. It did. And uh, well, it's like a high school stage.
0: Yes. And I really love the another WTF was how grandpa gives the kid this satchel and he says, don't open it until you need it, which is some really (laughs) shitty advice, because what are the parameters of needing? Is it like a life preserver where if you're falling into the ocean, you open it or or what is it like if it's a condom? I don't know. I, I really wanted to
1: ask you about this part, Art, because well, I was about to play it because her reaction to it go ahead
0: is great So yeah this is this is this is our climactic big bad fight right.
1: Right. a double decker bologna sandwich! Whoa!
0: About the toxins. Oh, no, oh, no, no! and he just chows down on this gross looking sandwich
1: double decker bologna sandwich he pulls out of his bag and by
0: double decker they mean two packs of that garbage it is gross I feel like this whole thing is some sort of searing indictment against the meat industry. I, I was wondering. No, I was wondering the opposite. I felt like
1: the... the it's a
0: spoof? You mean that's like saying that the vegetarians are the enemy? Yes. I was like... Well, I, actually, I guess that does make more sense.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the vegetarians are the literal enemy. Uh, wow. How, wow. I'm just going to cut that part out because that was silly of me. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to know, what was the deal with the bologna sandwich? I watched that scene and I was like, that's hilarious that they just dropped this line about a baloney's a double-decker baloney sandwich i'm like did i miss something was there some kind of like i i guess that that is as real
0: of 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 a weapon that grandpa could provide on short notice you know coming as a ghost i mean baloney's always held its position in our society as being the convenience food you know for previous generations why not work for grandpa he's like hey look son i uh, i could only grab so many things on my way over here as i zipped through the 7-eleven on my ghost train so i grabbed this double decker there you go i don't know but it's the idea that it's the fats in the blood and the toxins and and whatever it's uh you just got to watch out for nitrates man so
1: i got i'll be honest with you after i watched this art i never wanted to eat another vegetable again it's
0: like, yeah. In fact, after this, I just want to eat nothing but meat exclusively. <laughs> I'm just
1: so angry, just so angry at all of this. Yeah, this, this movie pissed me off. Yeah. It was like the it was like the anti Oakjaw. Have you ever seen Oakjaw? Yes, it was like. <laughs> <laughs> it was the exact opposite. It's like where one made us
0: feel concerned for the creatures, this one Nah, fucking. <laughs> I made a note here I need to hear what this clip is Just because I don't remember So let's uh, see what I wrote something about the seance So let's see what the seance was <laughs>
1: Grandpa Seth here Joshua, Grandpa Seth is dead I know he's dead But up till now he's been the one helping us But how do we get him to come? By holding a seance maybe?
0: Slow push in as he's like
1: You're a genius, big sister
0: <laughs>
1: okay, that's what it was.
0: <laughs> I knew it wasn't the actual seance because that part was stupid. But uh it was the idea of the seance.
1: And everyone goes along with it. You're yeah. genius, big sister. And then they have all these candles on the table that they lit, lit. No one's put in this family, I'm wagering, has performed a seance before. But they no, they, I, it's <laughs> it, it's very apparent that none of them know what
0: they're doing. Too. Oh, and uh, one of my
1: favorite lines happened when it's during the seance it was um concentrate harder <laughs> or concentrate more and it was like what concentrate on what like what do we well,
0: how does that work well that's oh i see it. you mean here i don't like this why don't they show any sign of life because of the most wooden actors in hollywood <laughs>
1: or Utah. Grandpa, please come and help us. Oh, I guess this is after they've already concentrated more. (laughs) I, I, whatever. There was a scene where the kid says concentrate more, and as I was watching, I was like, this is how I feel every time I try to meditate. (laughs) Maybe it's this year. Nothing's happening. Raise your hands
0: really feeling your way through this huh <laughs> About to do the
1: there it is, it is. What Seth, come to us some solid advice <laughs> young joshua oh and i do this is going way back but how many times did the mother in this movie wide-eyed mother say the name joshua joshua I, oh my god. I want to see yeah. a supercut of all the Joshuas. Uh, of all the Joshua's. Joshua, <laughs> Joshua, Joshua, Joshua. <laughs> Joshua, don't you want to eat? Joshua, what are you doing? <laughs> Joshua, aren't you asleep yet? Like, <laughs>
0: you know, that's always my favorite thing with these movies is when it comes to the writing, they feel this strong compulsion to have to have people be referenced by their name every time.
1: Unless they're talking about a seance and then you congratulate your big sis on a great idea. Oh yeah, good job, big sis! Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Uh I just want to hear um them talk about the uh the vinegar real quick. There's sandwiches for tonight in here. It will go easier if you eat them. You'll make our work easier. Otherwise, we'll be
1: forced to kill you violently. It would be a shame. The blood would mix with the meat and we'd have to put them in vinegar for the whole night. Well, wouldn't that be a real bitch? The whole night! The whole night? (laughs) Won't you be sleeping during the night? I don't don't know why it's such a big deal. Uh, Dude, (laughs) goblins don't sleep, bro. Yeah, good point. Good point.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's so many things, honestly, we could go on and on. And like I said, this is one of the most well-documented bad movies in history. So look, and far be it for me in this paltry little show to, to really unlock all of its mysteries, but uh, hopefully everybody's gotten a bit of a sense of, of the wonder of it. So let's get down to the real nitty gritty here, Dan. Yes.
1: How subversive is
0: this? What is that sauce rating for you?
1: Okay. I read on Wikipedia, literally right before I went on this podcast, that they meant to make this as a, as a comedy film, like a dark comedy film. And I don't believe that. I don't believe that either. I feel
0: like that's one of those. It's just like the room where people go back and they they edit what their intention was because it wasn't received as such. Yep. I know I did the same thing with my film. I'm not going to plug the name of it right now, but the first film I made, it was, it was meant to be a comedy, but then I went back and I rebranded it years later and said, it's a movie that was, it's just so bad. It's good. So if anybody's really interested, you can IMDB me and figure it out. Maybe I'll be doing that right after this.
1: (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Maybe one day
0: we'll do it as an episode on here, but yeah. I, I don't buy that. I, I, I don't buy that. And I will say they even say this, they did. Here's an example of rebranding. When you look at the cover art that is currently on IMDb for this, the, the as if they want to lead into the lie, the top tagline is one was not enough. Yep. Troll two. Well, one was not the same movie for one. And two, the tagline, the, the subline is, celebrate one of the most disrespected horror films in recent history and fall in love with this genuine failure. So I say this is probably more accurate. Whatever's on Wikipedia, which you look, hey, I read it too, but there's some margin of error. I think this promotional material really says it right there. It's a movie they tried and it failed and they go back to rebrand it as a comedy horror because that's how it came out.
1: Yeah. So as far as subversive, if I'm going to look at it, how I originally how I believe it actually was originally intended, I'm going to say it's like a 10, 10 out of 10. (laughs) Because it's so hilarious, especially if you view it from the lens. This is meant to be creepy. This is meant to be taken as literal and serious as it is on screen. That makes it even better. That is very true. Very valid. You know, I'm going to agree with that because so far
0: the season, uh, only some of the more aberrant stuff has gotten a 10. And I think, you know what? It's okay for, for something like this to get a 10. And I will say that how you can tell that this was a genuine effort, no bullshit. I think the most effective and successful sequence in the whole movie was on the drive up when the kid has a nightmare. Oh, yes. Like that is genuinely like the camera work work. Yeah. They put a wide angle on there. They shot low and, and distinct lighting. They, so it felt very, it felt, it felt like a different part. A different movie was wedged in the rest of this movie. It was very visceral. Yeah. I would give that <laughs> Mondo credit. So, well, you know what? This is subversive as hell. So that's a great way to, to close out the season. I think I so. Love it. I think so too. Dan do you have anything you'd like to share with people before we we cut you loose and I um I give you a
1: reprieve from more interesting movies <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna plug my podcast which may or may not exist I'll leave that to the listeners to decide it's called just one thing <laughs> I talk about science pseudoscience and esoteric things in it very briefly it's an old one but it's a good one and maybe I'll revisit it again in the future but check it out. You can also visit me on Twitch where I, I live stream at just one thing DM and uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. I
0: like that you you give your podcast this sort of Schrodinger's cat um, <laughs> quality to it. So that's great. It looks. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you've listened from the beginning, I thank you even more. You made it through an entire season, 20 episodes. I hope you come back for next season. We will be back doing some more of this craziness on January 21st. So until then, have a wonderful holiday. Check out some subversive movies. Keep your minds open and stay safe. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you leave us a review and a five-star rating at your preferred podcast provider. Tell a friend so they can check it out too. And follow us on Instagram at subversive underscore cinema for more content. Subversive